Hey there, this is Adam Zekas with Tom Kissingbear from the IDP Read and React IDP Podcast right here at TLF. Uh, say hello, Tom. you, chap golly good gosh. Here I am. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in getting started with IDP and Dynasty Leagues or looking for a way to dominate your IDP Leagues, then our show is for you. Isn't that right, Tom? Ah, yes, my good man, and of course I bring the coveted data and insight that can only come from a monarch-loving, tea-slurping, crumpet muncher such as myself. Yep, very very cool, Tom, very cool. Um, Well, you can find our podcast right here in the DLF Family of Podcast feed on DynastyFootball.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Read and React. Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts. It's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show. I don't have to bring quite as much energy today because it's just me. It's me, it's just me on this solo mission. Uh, no, no guest today that I need to pump up. So, uh, and I've got all the energy I need for this. Uh, this is, uh, this is an, an interesting, uh, topic that I've got for you. I've, I've got some interesting data for you, uh, some interesting stuff to talk about here. So I'm not going to do very many of these solo podcasts anymore. That's the goal. I like, I, I just like talking with my friends a little too much. And I think that you get tired of just just me, just me, just that old SFD on this on this super show. You know, it, it, it just last year it turned into just, you know, a, a a different way every week of saying to, you know, start your run your startups with a quarterback extreme approach. It was, it, you know, it was different supporting evidence each week, essentially. And, I, I, like, I still think that that's the way to build a roster in a Superflex Dynasty League. I think that 2021 really kind of proved that. Um, I You know, where I think that a lot of people feel like it was an argument against a quarterback extreme. To me, it was it was the perfect argument for it because we had so many quarterback injuries. You know, we had struggling quarterbacks who you didn't particularly trust a lot of times. Late in the season, Russell Wilson had. I mean, we've kind of come to expect it at this point, haven't we? With Russell Wilson, I have. Uh, that's kind of been another one of my pet projects for a while now. Is is making the case that. If you're going to draft Russell Wilson to be your quarterback one, you got to get back on quarterback right away because he'll get you to the playoffs and then he's going to let you, that's where he's going to let you down. That's where he's going to drop you from the highest height. So <laughs> don't put yourself in that situation, essentially. But so we had Russ as a big time letdown late in the season. We had. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was nothing close to what we expected. You know, <laughs> it, it, I mean, he 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 looked he had flashes early on, 
but by the end of the season, it was just absolutely dreadful. And, and, and the crazy thing is, I mean, they started winning some games later in the season, but it just had so little to do with the performance of Trevor Lawrence. It was primarily on that defense. Uh, so, you know, we, we had, oh, and now I'm drawing a blank on some of the names. That, but, you know, you, you also had injuries. You had guys missing time, Lamar Jackson missing time late. Uh, in the season, uh, you know, it, it was it, it just got really hard to trust some of the quarterbacks that we trusted early on to carry us all the way through the season. And to me, having that quarterback depth was vitally important. But I mean, he, now I'm I'm just going on another sales pitch for QBX. Every time I'm here alone without anybody to check me, it just ends up being that exact same conversation. And I don't want to do that to you. I don't wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to bore you with that. I don't want to pontificate and bloviate up here on my pedestal, on my soapbox about quarterback extreme every single week for this entire offseason when there's so much to talk about, so much important stuff to talk about. So I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm going to avoid that today. And, uh, you know, this this is the topic that I've got for you. We're going to talk about some some ADP but uh, some very specific ADP. <laughs> I, I, I did a science experiment here in, uh, in, with a couple mock drafts uh, for Superflex startups. Um, I'll get to that in just a second, but that's what I want to talk about today. It's a, it's a very, it, it really is kind of a one-person topic. You know, above all else, I'm just kind of reporting the news here. Um, although you know, you know I've got opinions and, I, and you know I'm going to share them. That's coming. That's always coming every single week. Um, but, you know, when we, when we don't have quite such a, a, a focused topic and we don't have such, you know, it's not such heavy on, on you know, actual data and we can get a little bit more, you know, a little bit more theoretical, I think. I, to me, it just works better when you've got multiple voices to discuss it. You've got multiple ways of looking at it. So my goal is going to be to, you know, certainly have guests, probably even have co-hosts, um, and just keep some, it, 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 just keep some more voices here on the super show at all times. Uh, but like I said, this week though, it just kind of made sense. I'm a little bit delayed getting this done, um, just because of how long it took us to get these mock drafts done and compile this data. Uh, but you know, now I want to, I want to get to this with you. I want to talk about this with you because to me, this is super interesting and super important stuff. So here's, here's what we did, uh, two mock drafts. That's all I was able to fill. Um, I'll do more of these, uh, starting here sometime in January, probably in the next week or two. In fact, I'm going to do some more of these. Um, but you know, in, in every year I do these. You know, we do the Superflex ADP mock draft so that we've got some ADP over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Those are great. Those are awesome. Those, it's a, to me, it's a super useful tool to be able to map out your startup. The problem is it doesn't necessarily look like all of your startups. You know, first of all, if you were to do a startup here in January or in February, anytime before, basically before the NFL draft, if you do a startup... Superflex Dynasty included in that startup most of the time is going to be rookie picks. 
you know, not rookie players. Every now and then, there, there are some settings, there are some leagues that use the settings where you just get your picks. And sometimes you even do kind of a Kentucky Derby style, um, which to me is is probably the second best way to do it, honestly. So you've, you've got a, a Kentucky Derby style. If you're not familiar, basically you randomize um, or, you know, do whatever it is that you do to normally choose a draft order. But instead of using that as your draft order, you take you you use that uh, that sequence to draft your draft position. So, for instance, if I end up with one point oh one in this Kentucky Derby style, now I get to choose: Do I want one oh one in the startup, or maybe I prefer one ten, one twelve, something like that? So I get two quick picks in a row instead of, you know, just getting Pat Mahomes and then waiting forever. So, you know, there's there's some definite strategy to that. The other way that you can do this, though, uh, which I like a lot personally, still not optimal, but the next best way to do this is to also let people decide on their their rookie picks. You know where you're, you know what your draft position is going to be in the rookie draft as well. So essentially, what you would do is if I draft 101, if I end up with 101. I get to pick. Do I want to pick, you know, my my draft position in the first round, or, or uh, of the startup draft, or of the rookie draft? And some people are gonna, you know, or, uh, most of the time, people are gonna start off saying, "This is where I want to be in the startup draft." But it's gonna get to a point where you're like, you know what? Like all of these picks left in the startup draft are, you know, roughly the same idea. We've got eight, nine, and ten left. Well, let me just go ahead and take, you know, rookie pick one point oh one, and you know that you you've got rookie one oh one, two oh one, three oh one, four oh one, however many rookie rounds you're you're gonna have. So to me, it's a great way to do it. And then you know, whoever drafts twelfth, whoever ends up with one twelve in this Kentucky Derby style, they get to pick first. Their they, you know they get to pick both the rookie draft. Uh, position and their startup position and then you snake back through and whoever had 101 and chose 101 in the startup now they get just whatever they're going to end up with 112 of the rookie draft so uh you know there it's it's an it's another way to do it to me though the the way to do it and this is how most of your startups are going to go is you're going to have the rookie picks available in the draft you're going to have rookie 101 available in the draft. 2022 is 101. 2022 is 103. You know, all the way through the entire draft, they're all going to be available uh, in the startup. And, you know, the reason to do it is it just gives you more value in the draft. You know, it kind of pushes some players down a little bit because at some point people are going to start to prioritize those rookie picks. So anyways, I did that, added those to these mock drafts so that we've got, you know, so that we've got these rookie picks uh, for 2022. I also included a tight end premium just to give a little bit more power to the tight ends. That was something that uh, we got a pretty interesting uh, outcome from that as well uh, that I'll, that I'll get to with you. But uh, we have, uh, 
Uh, it's it's one and a half uh, points for the tight end premium. And then I also included 2023 picks. Now that's one that's not going to, that's your startup is not going to have that. You're just going to get your own 2023 picks. It gives you some currency uh, in order to start trading early in the, the startup. Um, you're going to be able to trade away 2023 picks to, you know, to move up in a startup. And I think those 2023 picks, by the way, are going to go a lot farther uh, than a lot of future picks a year out normally would. Get to that in a second as well. But anyway, so I, I but I did include those. They're all random because we're not going to know, right? We're not going to know whose pick this is that I'm taking uh, until, you know, I mean, obviously, if if you were if you were going to do this in a startup, you give each players, each managers, uh, you instead of calling it a random first, you call it, you know, here's here's John's first round pick, here's John's second round pick, and so on. Every every manager's picks are available uh, in the draft pool, but um, for this purpose, you know, for these mock drafts, we just called them random. And I did that on purpose because I'm really curious how people view, you know, a, a, a 2023 pick that could be 101, it could be 112, it could be anything in between. How does that stack up against a 2022 first round pick that's already, that we know where it's going to be? And I think that it's super important because we've talked about this over the last few episodes it's really looking like 2022 is going to be a weak draft class, you know, particularly for Superflex, really kind of for Dynasty in general. The, the thing that it's got going for it in Superflex is that there are a handful of quarterbacks who are, you know, it, it sounds like four or five of them who probably belong in the first round of Superflex rookie drafts which helps a lot because it sounds like there's only about three running backs. Maybe Kyron Williams sneaks in there, but right now it looks like Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker. That's all you've really got at running back. It's going to be very heavy on wide receivers. And the problem is we don't have a Jamar Chase in this class. We don't have that type of wide receiver. You know, I, I think that people might be hoping to get that from Traylon Burks hoping that he's going to be the alpha wide receiver of this class. But how confident are you that he's going to be a better prospect and a better NFL player than Garrett Wilson or Drake London? You know, how, how confident are you in that? Because I'm not at all. To me, what I see here, again, like you, you strip away Jamar Chase from the 2021 class, and that's kind of what we're looking at now, where you had Devonta Smith. You had Rondale Moore. You had Rashad Bateman. And the right answer was Jalen Waddell. <laughs> like, that, that's what's going to end up happening here to us. You know, you're going you're gonna to have guys that you like in this class. Maybe it is Traylon Burks. And then it ends up being the case that, I don't know, you know, uh, I don't know, pick a guy. I, like, I don't even have a favorite yet. Chris Olave. You know, he ends up being the best wide receiver out of this draft class. Something like that's going to happen. And those guys are going to be available, you know, basically in th throughout the first and second round, which is, 
you know, we it, it's just kind of a microcosm of the wide receiver position, unfortunately. That's the way that the wide receiver position has already been, where it's so deep and there's so little differenti- differentiator from one to the next that there's so little reason to really prioritize it. And that's still the case. This was a very heavy year, a very good year for wide receivers, but nothing changed as far as, you know, the fact that there still isn't a big enough difference. You know, for instance, there's not really a reason at this point to trade away, you know, DK Metcalf or AJ Brown. I mean, particularly since those guys had, you know, down years where they're, you know, they're, they're in for a bounce back. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Deontay Johnson, there's no reason to trade away Deontay Johnson plus much of anything to get Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's a wide receiver one overall in in Dynasty. And, and to me, that's the way he should be. That's how I'm going to have it ranked when I finish this uh, rankings overhaul as well. That's how I'm going to have it ranked, but I still just don't see a reason to add very much to Deontay Johnson in order to go get Justin Jefferson. Deontay Johnson, he's still young. He gets a heavy target share. I, you know, there's, there's the scoring difference between Deontay Johnson and Justin Jefferson is generally going to be very small. And they're both going to give you probably the same number of wide receiver one weeks in a given season. So there's no real reason to prioritize Justin Jefferson. This rookie class is going to be the exact same thing. You know, even if you feel good, particularly good about one guy, uh, and, you know, you prefer one guy to, to, you know, any of these other rookie wide receivers, that still doesn't mean that you're going to get necessarily any kind of advantage, even if you get that right. Even if you get it right, it doesn't mean it's, it's going to amount to, you know, a handful of points on average every week. And as we talked about in the offseason in 2021, the on average part is the operative term there because on average is is something that we misuse in fantasy football all the time it's not you know saying on average Justin Jefferson outscored Deontay Johnson you know by five points a week what actually ended up happening is Justin Jefferson had a one big big game Somewhere in there where he had multiple touchdowns and, you know, close to 200 yards or whatever. And that drove the average up. What actually happened on a weekly basis is they were almost identical. That's what actually ends up happening. Now, I'm not saying that that was the case with Justin Jefferson and Deontay Johnson. I don't have it in front of me. I'm just just telling you that the average, the quote-unquote average, doesn't tell us nearly what what people you know want to claim that it tells us it it's not nearly as important and it's not nearly as telling as what people will tell us so that's that's kind of the problem with this rookie class there's going to be a lot of wide receivers and they all belong in the same in the same tier together you know there's going to be it, it's it's going to last well into the second round 
this tier of wide receivers. So, you know, just like always, our Superflex rookie drafts really need to be dominated by quarterbacks because they're scarce just in general and running backs because, you know, there's an actual advantage to be gained at the running back position. There's an actual difference from one to the next. And then not only that, but they're going to be scarce in this class. And I still don't know that they're going to be particularly good. I think that this, this running back class is fine. I don't think that it's transcendent at all. Next year's transcendent. 2023 is transcendent. That's the point here. 2023 has a good group of, 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 of wide receivers, just like 2022 does. Although they might be a little bit better. Keishon Butte is, you know, he's, he's already a lot of, like if you go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, look at our Dynasty uh, Devi rankings, they've got Keishon Butte as the wide receiver one overall in Devi, even though he's a year away. And, you know, Traylon Burks is coming and Garrett Wilson are coming, you know, just in a matter of months. So, you know, it's it's still going to be a slightly better wide receiver class. Definitely better players, maybe not quite as deep, but better overall players. A little bit more top-heavy at the position. The running back class is going to be deeper and much better at the top, led by Bijan Robinson, one of the best running back prospects that we've ever seen. And then the quarterback position is going to be better as well. It might not be quite as deep either, but it's going to be generally better. You know, it's led by, you know, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. This is, it's just this, this 2023 class just kind of unfortunately just kind of dwarfs the 2022 class. And there's such a discrepancy that I think that it needs to, it, it 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 needs to affect the way we build our rosters going forward. And I wanted to see how people view that with this mock draft. You know, to me, 2022 is a chance to add some depth. And, you know, maybe fill a hole or two if, you know, if, if you're close, if you're already contending and, you know, have a pretty well uh, – put together roster it's a chance to add a little bit of quarterback depth it's a chance to add another running back you know just to give yourself uh you know a, a little bit more um, lineup setting flexibility essentially uh, but you know this is not going to be a roster to that or uh, it's not going to be a draft class that overhauls your roster 2023 is 2023 has some foundational guys and 2022 does not. So to me, that was super important. And I wanted to see how, how other people feel about this. Because to me, at this point, I mean, I almost... <laughs> this is so tough because I, uh, every, every time I talk about this, I feel like I'm, I'm selling out a little bit. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm maybe even... Uh, you know, showing some kind of uh, like a sign of weakness 
a little bit, which, you know, a productive struggle season, I don't think that it's that exactly. But, you know, it still just feels wrong to advocate for not playing the game in 2022. But this rookie class is so much worse. (laughs) I also feel like I'm being very inflammatory towards those players uh, who have devoted their freaking lives to this game. (laughs) But it just so happens that this draft class is, it's just objectively weak, especially compared to 2023. So to me, like I I, I really just kind of want to stay out of the 2022 class. I mean, I think that you can still try to get into a position where you've got young quarterbacks and wide receivers. And again, you're going to get some young wide receivers out of this rookie class. You don't have to do it early. Take advantage of the trade value that those early rookie picks have but you get out of the 2022 class you know find ways to to trade into some quarterbacks and wide receivers take a productive struggle season in 2022 with those young quarterbacks young wide receivers and then yeah some young tight ends as well um you know pat fryermuth would probably be a a great example of that. Dawson Knox, you know, guys like that. Trade into a a roster build like that. Load up on 2023 picks and then guide your own 2023 pick to the top of the 2023 draft. If you're in a league that'll allow this, I mean, you you just tank the entire season from day one. Make sure that you don't win a single game. Get that first overall pick. And then with your young quarterbacks who are ready to take off, your young wide receivers who are ready to take off, and then you bring in Bijan Robinson with that first overall pick, and then you still have some more 2023 first-round picks that you've, that you've accumulated that you can spend you know, to, to get some more running back depth. Man, that team is going to be a problem for a very, very long time. And all we have to do, it's, it, it, it feels like a lot to ask, but the reality is, this is it's, it's one season out of your dynasty career that sets you up for success for years to come. This is how you build an actual dynasty. And you just you take a sabbatical in 2022, load up on those 2023 picks, and in 2023, just hammer running back, and it it's it it it's all gonna be worth it. That at least that's my theory. That's gonna be my strategy throughout this offseason. But you know, I was kind of curious if other people see it the same way, and it doesn't seem like they do. And that's okay. People don't agree with quarterback extreme all that much either. You know, so my strategies aren't for everyone. You don't have to take it. I don't take offense. It's totally fine. But I am going to tell you my opinion. And I am going to tell you where, you know, I think that my strategy makes more sense uh, than this ADP data uh, makes, at least to me. So let's get into this, though. Let's look at this data uh, for, and this was actually... We started in December, wrapped up in January. Now we've got some 
uh, some ADP to look at here. And again, 2022 picks, and those ones are set. 2023 picks, all random. Uh, random firsts, random seconds, random thirds, random fourths, all available in this 20-round startup, plus a tight end premium. So first round, no rookie picks, heavy on quarterbacks, just like it's always been. The one interesting thing about this, Kyle Pitts makes it into the first round of this startup with a simple 1.5 tight end premium. We just gave him an extra half a point per reception, and he's got a first-round ADP. He, uh, he goes at 110 in the first round ahead of Jamar Chase, ahead of CeeDee Lamb, ahead of Christian McCaffrey, ahead of Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford, ahead of Najee Harris. Interesting stuff to me uh, that he moves that high. To me, uh, you know, an extra half a point, that's not quite enough uh, to push a tight end into the first round necessarily not you know not even a young one like Kyle Pitts but you know that that could easily pay off that could be a foundational position and a player who you know ends up being the tight end one every single season for the for the foreseeable future so it's it, to me I uh, you know I'm not I'm not here to argue that pick I, I just think it's interesting I think it's very interesting uh, second round is a little bit more heavy on on running backs. We only had one in the first round. Jonathan Taylor goes at 107. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, those are the only non-quarterbacks going in the first round. Uh, in the second round, though, uh, the only quarterbacks, we have Matthew Stafford, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Jalen Hurts. It goes. It's a lot heavier on running back. Christian McCaffrey falls all the way to 202 in the first round, uh, second round, sorry. Um, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and then C.D. Lamb goes at 201, D.K. Metcalf at 210. Those are your only wide receivers. So we're still not seeing any rookie picks just yet, uh, but that kind of makes some sense. So what, what I think that we can glean from this, and we talk about this a lot, ADP, and trade value are two very different things, right? Because the landscape looks a lot different outside of the startup. You know, you've got a blank canvas in the startup. And so you don't have holes to fill yet. And you've got all of these, all of these players available to you. You know, so to say that you need a rookie pick uh, because... You know, there's no, there are no other quarterbacks available. That's not the case in the startup. So that's where, it, to me, it's very flawed when, for instance, trade calculators use ADP. Because to me, ADP is something very different. Now, I don't know what you would use instead other than, I mean, you can use rankings and you can use, you know, trades that have been made elsewhere. That's kind of all you can really do. Um, so I get it. I get why people use ADP as kind of a basis for, uh, you know, kind of a jumping off point for determining values. But to me, it's flawed. Um, just because, again, the landscape looks so different in and out of the startup. But these are all players that that people are essentially saying, I would rather have this player 
at least in a vacuum, I would rather have this player than uh, than rookie pick 1.01. So keep that in mind when you start looking for trades uh, in your Superflex League, looking for, you know, in order to acquire 1.01. These are all players that people are saying, I would rather have this player than rookie pick 101, especially not knowing who that pick is going to be yet. It kind of looks like it's going to be Matt Corral. It could also be, you know, Isaiah Spiller or Brees Hall. Uh, but, you know, at this point, we don't even know that for sure. And that flexibility can be attractive. But at this point in the tra- in the draft, we're just kind of looking for some, you know, we'd rather have a player with a name and know what we're getting, essentially. So all of these players are going ahead of rookie pick 1.01. And if you want to trade for one of these players and you've got 101 and you're willing to trade it, it's still going to take more than just 1.01 to do it. So round three, Cooper Cup, Javante Williams, Aaron Rodgers, Tyreek Hill, Mac Jones, Tua Tungavailoa, Devontae Adams, Kirk Cousins, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Mark Andrews, and Saquon Barkley. Still no rookie picks. Round four, Travis Kelsey finally comes off the board as tight end three. Uh, at three, uh, uh, pick 401. Stephon Diggs, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, George Kittle, Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Carson Wentz. <laughs> Again, we started these in, in December. <laughs> so, you know, Carson Wentz was coming off the board probably early, much earlier than he would now, uh, now that the season's over and he ended it so poorly. Uh, but Carson Wentz, uh, still in the fourth round, ahead of rookie pick 1.01. I don't know that many people are making that move at this point. Uh, DJ Moore, Tom Brady. That's how round four ends. And then in round five, we're finally going to get to some rookie picks here. So it starts with Deshaun Watson, Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, Derek Carr. Now we finally get to rookie pick 101. So to me, so you've got Derek Carr going ahead of 101. <laughs> and again, you've got Carson Wentz. And those are probably the two that I question the very most. Possibly David Montgomery. That's a tough one for me. Tom Brady is kind of a tough one for me. He's safe. But man, like we don't even know for sure that Tom Brady's going to be the quarterback in 2022. We've been saying that for, I mean, half a dozen years now. He could retire at any time. That's been the case for, you know, for five, six years now. But, you know, the fact that that's that's in the range of outcomes just as much as an MVP season, to me, that's compelling. You know, that's to me, that's important. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that you that you're necessarily holding off if somebody's offering you rookie pick one on one for Tom Brady to give away your Tom Brady, especially if you've got a quarterback extreme roster. But either way, I don't know. I don't know that you're holding off on that. I think you got to make that move, don't you? I that's I that's my personal opinion, but so we're at 505, that's rookie pick 1.01. Now that could be Matt Corral, that could be Brees Hall, and it really kind of depends on, you know, what are your needs at that point. Uh 506 is T Higgins and then 
rookie pick 102, which also could be Matt Corral or Brees Hall. So for me, Brees Hall is running back one. You know, it's not really a much of a debate. I I don't I think he's a significantly better running back than Isaiah Spiller. So this is just for argument's sake. You can feel differently. That's totally fine. Every time I say Brees Hall, just just you know, in your own mind, censor it out and replace it with Isaiah Spiller if that's how you feel. You can do that. Uh, so, anyways, you know, one hundred two is it's not the decision between the two that you had at one hundred one. You don't get to decide between Matt Corral and Brees Hall, but you still get either the quarterback one or the running back one of this class where there's a pretty big discrepancy beyond that. You know, so it makes sense to me for 101 and 102 to be so close together. It's it is interesting that T Higgins separates them. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I would agree with that part. I think that to me 101 and 102 are just so dead even in value. I think that you either put T Higgins ahead of both of those picks, you say I'd rather have T Higgins than either one of those two picks. Or I would rather have either one of those two picks over T. Higgins. That to me, that's the way that this should break out. But you know, consensus picks from two different mock drafts—it's—it's it's never going to play out that way. Uh, Aaron Jones at five hundred eight, followed by Ryan Tannehill, and then is rookie pick one hundred three. So rookie pick one hundred three is—it's a little tougher. There's still going to be quarterbacks available, regardless of what happened at 101 and 102. That could have been, that could have been, you know, Matt Corral and uh, and Sam Howell. And if you need a quarterback, 103, you still have Kenny Pickett available and Malik Willis, and and you know, if you feel like Carson Strong is is somebody that you're willing to invest in, I do. I think that. NFL teams should be ready to invest in Carson Strong. And if they're willing to do it, then I think that we should too. I think you just have to approach Carson Strong the same way you approach a running back. This could be a short-term proposition, but he could be very good for you in that short term, in that small window. So, you know, I, I think that they should. And, uh, and if they do... I think that Carson Strong is going to be a very good super flex option for us in the right landing spot and especially with the right draft capital. So, you know, there's still some quarterbacks available. There's still Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker. So there's kind of a lot of options for us at 103, regardless of how 101 and 102 break out. So... You know, to me, again, it makes sense for for it to be this close. Here's the thing that I wonder about, though, and and I have absolutely no problem with 103. Uh, I almost think that it should go ahead of Aaron Jones, and maybe, and eh, probably not Ryan Tannehill. I I would rather have Tannehill. I think I would rather have Ryan Tannehill than any of these picks, personally. If you'd rather have Derek Carr than rookie pick 101, wouldn't you rather have Ryan Tannehill as well? I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Derek Carr. So so I'd certainly rather have Ryan Tannehill than Der- Derek, Car- uh, Derek Carr's equivalent rookie pick. Uh, but Aaron Jones, you know, to me, Aaron Jones is just kind of 
uh, he's he's just on the wrong side of of the usage cliff <laughs> at this point. So uh, I think I would rather have 103 than Aaron Jones. But here, but what about Terry McLaurin? He goes at 511 right after rookie pick 103. Would you rather have in in <laughs> Man, I'm going to go back on this uh, actually a little bit because if you need quarterback help and there's you know there's going to be quarterbacks available at 103 or even if you need running back help and you know that there's going to be running backs available. I mean, I to me, I think Terry McLaurin should have a higher, ID, higher ADP than rookie pick 103, but... Outside of the startup, I would absolutely trade Terry McLaurin to get you know one of those top three picks to get some quarterback depth. There's some running back help. I would do it. Uh, Devontae Smith goes at five twelve, easily taking the top three picks over him, and I think I would take probably the top four or five picks over Devontae Smith. Ditto Mike uh, Michael Pittman who goes at one oh six oh one. Um, Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Chase Claypool, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore. <laughs> wow, Elijah Moore, big time jump, all the way up to six oh nine. Baker Mayfield, and then rookie pick one oh four. And to me, I'm I think I'm probably taking one oh four over most, if not all, of those players. I would have a hard time taking. 104 over Derrick Henry but and Amari Cooper. Beyond that, man, I like any one of those guys. Chase Claypool, I'm gladly giving up Chase Claypool if it means I get a shot at a rookie quarterback or a rookie running back. And again, they're still going to be available. So we're talking Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and and I'll even leave out Carson Strong, even though I believe he belongs in that conversation. Um, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker. So we've got seven players at premium positions who all, you know, to me those players are are all high priority. So the first seven picks of this of the Superflex uh, rookie draft to me are going to be high-value picks. And I would absolutely take any one of those picks over Chase Claypool. Uh, I would take them over Brandon Ayuk. Definitely over uh, you know over Michael Pittman and Devonta Smith, over Ezekiel Elliott. And at this point, I would at least take the t- you know top four over Baker Mayfield because I can replace Baker Mayfield with a safer, more secure in his job. <laughs> rookie quarterback uh, with one of the top four picks. I know that for a fact. So 104 goes at 611. Uh, 612 is Jerry Judy. 701 is J.K. Dobbins. I So I was talking about Dobbins with somebody the other day in DMs. And, you know, I think to me, J.K. Dobbins – would normally belong in the conversation of 1.01. That's norm that's where I would like uh to to be able to value him if I have JK Dobbins. 
I'm not trading him away for 104 or 105. I'm not doing that. Now, the problem is coming off of this injury, you know, this ACL injury, we really kind of have to plan on J.K. Dobbins missing a significant amount of, of time in 2022. We just saw it with Saquon Barkley, you know, and we've seen it in the past with guys like Dalvin Cook. When these running backs come back from the ACL injury, the following season, like, that's still part of their rehab. They end up with those comp- those compensatory injuries, usually to the hamstring on the other side, because they don't fully trust the structural integrity of that surgically repaired knee. And they end up, you know, with they end up with those compensatory. They're trying to compensate for that, and it ends up injuring the other side of the body. So, you know that that is a pretty natural. Uh, part of the recovery process for a running back and I'm just the most likely scenario and I'm just kind of planning for it is that J.K. Dobbins goes through that same thing in 2022 what I'd really like to be able to do is buy low right now on Saquon Barkley here in uh, 2022 now that he's fully through the process which includes that you know that that follow-up season with the compensatory injuries he's he dealt with those I think that he's back fully healthy in 2022 so I would like to buy low on Saquon Barkley in 2022 and then in 2023 I think that's when you're going to be able to buy low on J.K. Dobbins if I already have J.K. Dobbins so I'm holding him like I'm not giving up 104 105 or I'm, I'm not taking on, sorry, 104, 105 for J.K. Dobbins. That's not happening. Um, James Robinson at 703, 704 is Josh Jacobs. So James Robinson, oh, and sorry, uh, 702 was uh, rookie pick 105. Um, James Robinson, again, you know, we started these in December before the injury, and I don't think that, uh, I don't think James Robinson goes quite as high anymore after suffering that Achilles injury late in the season. Not likely that we're going to see him. And and forget about what's going on with Cam Akers. <laughs> forget about the fact that Cam Akers, within the same season of tearing his Achilles, is, you know, on track to potentially play for the LA Rams in these in these uh these playoffs. Don't, you know, don't don't just assume that that's the new norm. Most likely scenario here is James Robinson is not going to be available to us at least to start the 2022 season. And I would plan on him missing most, if not all, of the 2022 season. And that's going to give plenty of opportunity for Travis Etienne. Although, I mean, he's going to deal with the same type of stuff that we're talking about with J.K. Dobbins. And there's going to be someone else. Maybe it's Carlos Hyde, most likely. You know, Ryquell Armstead is a very interesting uh, late end of your startup draft type of guy to bring on because I think that he could play a very big role for the Jaguars with their top two guys unavailable, you know, at various points through the 2022 season. If you're making a run at a championship, if you're trying to get points into your lineup, I kind of think Ryquell Armstead 
is going to be a guy who's going to help you with that. I also think they could bring in some someone uh, either in uh, free agency or trade. I don't, I don't expect the Jaguars to use a whole lot of draft capital at running back. So, you know, I think that we're going to know who it's going to be that's going to be the biggest help. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't think – I'm not expecting a whole lot from Travis Etienne, but I'm also expecting pretty much nothing from James Robinson. And the unfortunate reality is – if James Robinson misses most or all of the 2022 season, it's going to be really hard for him to find a starting job going forward. So to me, James Robinson is kind of damaged goods who I'm just generally out on at this point. I really don't think he's going to be going at 703, and I would, in a heartbeat, trade 105 or 106 for James Robinson. I would trade 105. James Robinson for those picks. Sorry, I keep I keep saying this wrong. I would trade 107 for James Robinson. Hell, I would probably even trade 108. No, I would trade James Robinson for those picks. Man, I hope I get this by the end of the episode. And we're getting close, so now's the time to start saying this shit right. I would trade away James Robinson to get almost any first-round pick. I would do it for 112. Yeah, I would do it. And knowing that it's going to it's probably not going to be a running back, unfortunately. You know, I I still think Yeah, I I I would take a wide receiver, a you know, a, a dart throw at wide receiver rather than wait on James Robinson to come back from an injury that is likely going to leave him with a backup job. Uh, Josh Jacobs was at 704. Uh, 705 is rookie pick 1.06. And it goes ahead of Darren Waller, Rashad Bateman, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Hunter Renfro. And those are some of those are a little tough for me. Darren Waller in particular, um, especially with this tight end premium. It's gonna be it's gonna be really hard to replace Darren Waller. And I'm not a huge fan of Darren Waller but you know I just think that based on the scarcity of the position plus the scoring power of the position I think you're probably better off with Darren Waller unless you're desperate again you know at quarterback and there's no guarantee that there's going to be a quarterback available to you at 106 so yeah I to me I Darren Waller certainly should go ahead of 106 I think you can make the argument for Bateman, Renfro, probably Clyde Edwards-Alaire even. Uh, some of the players that we're seeing going after. So 710 uh, is rookie pick 107 in 2022. And then you see Elijah Mitchell, Leonard Fournette, Calvin Ridley, TJ Hawkinson, Cam Akers, Zach Wilson, Travis Etienne. I mean, I think I'm taking every single one of those players over 106. Possible exception of Leonard Fournette. But the rest of those guys, I think, belong, again, because we don't know for sure that 106 is going to have a quarterback available to us. It should, but we don't know that for a fact. You're taking on some risk at that point. Even if you are if you need a quarterback and you're trading for 106, you're taking on a 
you know, a significant amount of risk in order to do that. And especially since Zach Wilson is still available there uh, in the eighth round. You know, I'd rather have Zach Wilson than the potential that Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis is still available at 106. And certainly at 107. Um, on Back into the eighth round, we had Travis Etienne at 805 and then his pick 1.08. And now, again, you know, the top seven, we talked about this just a minute ago, the top seven, that's your four quarterbacks and your three running backs. 108, to me, 108 could still be in the conversation because I think Carson Strong is somebody who, you know, could have significant value in a in a super flex dynasty league, even if it is a short amount of time. We deal with this at running back all the time, so why can't we do it at quarterback? You know, it, it, he he's still going to outplay Aaron. He's going to last longer than Aaron Rodgers, right? Most likely. So, you know, screw the injury. It, to me, it's it's all about the talent. Is he good enough to start for an NFL team for any amount of time? And to me, the answer should be yes. But if we're going to take him out of that conversation, then we just, you know, by 108, our four quarterbacks and three running backs are most likely gone. Unless somebody reaches past any of them for a wide receiver so you know there are some outs at 108 there's a little bit of value there but to me the most likely scenario is that's where you start breaking into the wide receivers and that is a massive tear break for me once you get to the wide receivers of this class once you get past those you know those top wide receiver or those top quarterbacks and running backs big big tear break so, you know, 108 going ahead of Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, uh, A.J. Dillon, da- Dallas Goddard, Mike Williams, Cordero Patterson, guys like that, Matt Ryan at quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, you know, Daniel Jones and Jared Goff. And I don't, I just, I simply disagree with all of those at that point. I don't want to draft rookie wide receivers. It's just way too hard to figure out who are the guys who are going to work unless you've got a Jamar Chase, and again, we don't. We just don't. Maybe you've got a favorite in this rookie class. You have to acknowledge that he's not Jamar Chase, whoever he is. You have to acknowledge that he's not a slam dunk over somebody else. If you love Garrett Wilson, that's that's fine. That's great. Go get him. But don't pay up to do it because you cannot tell me for a fact that he's going to be any better than, you know, Traylon Burks or Chris Olave or Drake London. You can't tell me that for a fact. So let's not value him or his pick as if he will be. I think we need to be very careful with that. Um, at the end of the of uh, round eight, though, uh, so eight twelve is rookie pick one hundred nine, but eight eleven. That's where we finally get a twenty twenty three pick coming off the board, <sighs> and that feels that's that's definitely too late to me. 
a random 2023 first. And I mean, we can we can assume that it's going to be a later one. We probably should. We should probably say most likely scenario is this is the back half of the first round. So let's call it 107 or 108. I still believe that there are at least seven or eight. There's there's a minimum of, of I mean, honestly, the entire first round of 2023 is probably going to be better than most of the first round of 2022. So even if it's even if it ends up being 112, that's a worst case scenario. This pick that you just drafted at the end of the eighth round, this random 2023 first, the worst case scenario is it ends up being the team that wins a championship. This ends up being pick 112 uh, in your rookie draft in, in 2023. I still think you're getting a better player at 112 then you're getting at, you know, certainly at 108 uh, in 2022, probably at 107, probably at 106, maybe even at 105. I think you're getting a better player at 112 in 2023 than you're getting at 105 in 2022. And so to me, that's where the 2023 picks should be going is in a neighborhood of 105, you know, 105, 106, not 108, 109. To me, that's too late. And I think, to me, every single one of the 2023 first-round picks should have gone, you know, in the neighborhood of 105, 106. Like, after 105 and before 106. That should have been all 12 2023 first-round picks. Because I would rather have I would rather have 112, and that tells me that I would rather have any pick in the first round in 2023 than pick 106 in 2022. So <laughs> I like I, I can't put it any more strongly than that. But this is definitely too late for me. The fact that we essentially have so it's 8-11 of the first round or of the startup draft. We've got random first round pick. The first 2023 random first round pick comes off the board. And then at 8-12, we're right back to 2022 with rookie pick 109. So they're essentially valued the exact same. We're essentially saying that any pick in 2023, and again, within that range of outcomes is still 101 rookie pick 101 and it's just as likely to be rookie pick 101 as it is to be 112 it's just as likely to be the best case scenario as it is the worst case scenario we can't value that thing as 112 we can't really value it as 101 either but if we're going to just say yeah i'm worried that this is going to be 112 then we have to also say it's just as likely that this is 101 it's just as likely that this is Bijan robinson and we're putting the exact same value on that, on that possibility, that 1 in 12 possibility that this is Bijan Robinson. You know, 1 in 6 possibility that it's either Bijan Robinson or Bryce Young. <laughs> we're putting the same value on that as 
what the second best wide receiver in a deep but you know not particularly strong wide receiver class only because you have to wait a year and there is value in that by the way that's that is important that is compelling the fact that you know we have to wait a year to make this pick we have to wait a year to even find this pick find out where this pick is going to be and there's a chance that this draft class in 2023 weakens a little bit. It's certainly possible. But we already know that 2022 is weak. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. And we know that 2023 is going to have at least some power that's going to be greater than what we're getting in 2022. We just know that. So, you know, forget about the weight to me. All that matters is you've got a much, much better shot and a much, much better player with any pick in 2023. And then especially the fact that there's still a chance that this is one one There's still a ch- there's a there's still a chance that this is a even a top five pick. And you yeah, you have to wait a year, but you get a significantly better player. You get a foundational player who can change the entire complexion of your roster with that pick. Whereas 109 is kind of a borderline starter, borderline bench depth. I mean, maybe they become a rubber stamp starter for you, but that's not a guarantee. I don't know. It's just it it the, the floor is not high enough for that player that you're getting at 109 for me to give up you know, my my random unknown pick in 2023. Not a chance. But let's talk about the players here a little bit too that are going ahead of this random 2023 fit, uh, first-round pick. Dallas Goddard, A.J. Dillon, Michael Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Elijah Mitchell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Rashad Bateman, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman, Devonta Smith, Aaron Jones. Are you really not trading away any of those players for a random first-round pick in 2023? I think that we're going to find out that that value is way off. I think that if we were to do this again, I think that you're going to see those random first-round picks in 2023 go much higher than that. At least, you know, if you if you put that pick up against some of these players just in a vacuum, just one-on-one, Dallas Goddard for a 2023 first. You don't know where the 2023 first is going to be, but would you rather have that pick, you know, in another shot at... at one of these great players coming out in 2023 or would you ever rather have Dallas Goddard with this tight end premium? And I think that if you go one-on-one and compare that pick to all of these players, I think that you're going to end up taking the pick over most of them. I think you're going to find yourself valuing that 2023 pick somewhere in the sixth round at the minimum. You might even you might even talk yourself into the fifth round, which is where 101, 102, 103 of the 2022 draft class went. So yeah, to me, 
2020 these 2023 picks are going way too low uh let's see round nine mike williams cordero patterson hollywood brown brandon cooks michael carter man michael carter is going super low right there you'd rather would you really rather have you know a, a shot at either Traylon burks or garrett wilson than michael carter I, I i'm not there i i get it i get it as far as you know the upside of those players but i still think you can find the exact same upside elsewhere and it's a much more premium position uh, at running back for Michael Carter. I'd rather have Michael Carter. I would put him much higher. I think he's going super late as well. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Matt Ryan, Tony Pollard, Darrell Henderson, Michael Gallup, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's going super late. Uh, Pat Fryermuth at 9-12. And then finally at 10-01, we have put uh, rookie pick 110. Um, followed by Darnell Mooney, Miles Sanders, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then we have another 2023 pick. Uh, let's see, Jimmy Garoppolo, Rondale Moore, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Again, we started in December. <laughs> if we had started, if we had started much later, Amon Amon Ross, St. Brown would be much much higher. I believe. I think his ADP is going to be, you know, several rounds higher. Then, you know, uh, round 10, pick 8. I think it's going to go much higher. Uh, rookie pick 111, Cortland Sutton. Rookie pick 112. So we're out of the first round. Um, some players who did not get rookie first round type of value include Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Jasicki, DeAndre Hopkins, Rashad Penny, uh, Derek uh, Daniel Jones, Kareem Hunt, Jared Goff, Allen Robinson, Dawson Knox with his tight end premium, Damian, Damian Harris. Those are some of the players. Jameis Winston, Chase Edmonds. Those are some of the players who were essentially saying we would not trade any first-round pick in 2022 to get any of those players. And again, I just kind of disagree with that. I just, I, I just, guys, I just feel like these, these 2022 pick values are way too high considering what we're going to get, you know, just across the board. I feel like they're a little too high. I, some of the, you know, the top two, top three up to top five, I think those are all fine, but you know, I, Beyond that, I just uh, they're they're okay. I still think they're a little high, um, but they're okay where they're at. But man, after that, I feel like these are just way too inflated. You're really not going to trade, you know, one twelve to get Mike Jasicki or DeAndre Hopkins in this format. Not going to trade that for Dawson Knox. How are you going to replace Dawson Knox with pick one twelve? With his tight end premium. Jameis Winston, likely starting quarterback in this league. Like, and you're not gonna you're you're not willing to trade pick one twelve to get a starting NFL quarterback. <sighs> I don't know, man. And then let's see. Round eleven is uh eleven oh three. That's where the second round starts with two oh one. 
Still super high. Ahead of Kareem Hunt, I would rather have Hunt. Ahead of Jared Goff, I'd rather have Goff. Ahead of Dawson Knox, I'd rather have Knox. Uh, We finally get another uh, 2023 first at 12.02. And then let's see, we get at 13.06 is rookie pick 202. Uh, Pick 13.12 is rookie pick 203. Um, Into the 15th round. At two o is uh two o four, um, yeah, yeah. We're just we're we're um. So in the fifteenth round, we have two o four, two o five, and two o six. Um, but yeah, these these first round picks in twenty twenty three are just going so much later. You know, they're just going there we yeah we've still got first round picks going while we've got second round picks in uh 2022 coming off the board we still have first round picks from 2023 that's crazy to me like that's 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 what how i normally value second round picks and for, you know future first round picks in a normal season I would value, you know, this year's next year's first round is this year's second round and people hate that. <laughs> people hate when I say that. Yet here we are drafting it that way in uh you know, here in uh here in 2022. We're valuing first round picks in 2023 as second round picks in 2022. And if we don't like that just kind of as a general rule, we're certainly not going to do that when we've got one class that's so much better than the other. <laughs> when next year's class is so much better than uh, than this year's class. So, uh, yeah, it, to me, it, it was it was just interesting to see these, these first-round picks in 2023, how they're valued, uh, how far they fall. You know, most of them going in the neighborhood of, you know, well, the first one going at one, uh, at the at the same level as one hundred nine in twenty twenty two, and then all of them going somewhere in between, you know, one hundred nine, and it looks like about two hundred six. That's how we're valuing twenty twenty three first, and it and to me it's way off. So, I mean, do with it what you what you will. Like I said, to me. This is this is an opportunity to start buying some 2023 picks. Load up, get out of 2022, load up on 2023s. And then, you know, you're going to be able to put together a much stronger lineup with rookies in 2023 than you can in 2022. But anyways, I'm going to uh, I'll, I've got an article that I'm working on for dynastyleaguefootball.com where I'm just going to post these these mock draft results so you can see where these picks ended up uh, rather than, you know, getting my editorialized version and me basically just kind of complaining about this. Um, you know, you'll actually, you, you can just kind of see for yourself and decide for yourself. 
you know, where would I value a 2023 pick? And I would urge you to put it up against all of these players one-on-one. Take a random 2023 first and, and put it up against you know, one of these, uh, you know, just one-on-one against a player, one-on-one against a 2022 pick, and see where you end up valuing them. Because I kind of think that you're going, if you're like me anyways, and if you're viewing this rookie class, this incoming rookie class in 2022 the same way I am, if you're viewing 2023 as a much better, much stronger, much more top-heavy and equally deep rookie class, the way I am, I think that you're going to value those 2023 picks a lot higher. And I think that that's going to really kind of drive some of your startup strategy and some of your trade values. So that'll come out as soon as I can get it done. I'm, I'm certainly working on that. But before I did, I just wanted to, I wanted the chance to kind of pick this apart myself, but I've gone way over time. Uh, and you're probably tired of, uh, of my complaints with this whole thing. Um, we get it. We get it. We're too low on 2023. At least these, these mock drafts were too low on 2023 picks. We get it. Leave us alone. Stop whipping us with this. Stop beating us over the head with this. So let's do that. <laughs> let's wrap it up for the week. Subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already subscribe to the DLF family podcast, mega feed, do us a huge favor and rate and review the super show. Uh, help us to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show. Um, now nah, get at me at get at me on Twitter at Superflex Dude. Uh, so much better. Uh, this episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music, and above all else, thank you for listening. Until next week. Stay sexy and super flexy.